they came gathered to hear the word of God. And when you go to Acts 10 and 24, it says, and the morrow after they entered into Caesarea and just waited for them and had called together his kinsmen and near friends. People came to hear the word. And the thing that you love about the word is that the word gives us everything. Cornelius, it was Cornelius, altogether his kinsmen and their friends, because he wanted them to hear the things that Peter had to say. So when I look at the word, and the word is everything. So right now, we're all in a house. For the most part, probably, I mean, when we're hearing it. We're probably in our house. And it's something because I'm, I'm not saying that this is the expectation, but when we, you know, are in the house, you know, like this and we do the podcast, you know, when we cancel in-person assembling. You know, sometimes I'll be at the church and I'll do the podcast and I come home and then the kids and Kiana, they're all in the playroom and they're and they're listening. But sometimes they have praise and worship. Now, I'm not saying we all got to have praise and worship. I'm not saying that at all, but she'll have praise and worship. And, and the kids, they're in there singing. But what I want to highlight in what I see is that everybody's there. Everybody's there. Everybody is gathered to hear the word. Then the kids, they'll put it up, you know, on our TV and they'll, you know, play it through Spotify. But they're all hearing the word. And the mindset that they have. And I just know this because as saints, as parents, we train our kids up in the way that they should go. So even the ones that may not even be saved, they'll get everybody together. They'll gather people around. They'll get their brothers and, their, and, and, and they'll get their sisters and they'll come and they'll hear the word. There's no way in the world that I'm going to allow the word of God to go forth in my house and I got people in my house. You don't think I'm gonna call them? You don't think that I'm going to invite them together so we can hear? What thus saith the Lord? What the word says? I would feel bad if I got a house full of kids and I know that I put this podcast together and I come home and I don't tell none of them that I did it. I would feel bad because they need to hear the word. I would feel bad if I wasn't a pastor 
and I'm hearing the word, but knowing that my key is not. It's about the word. The word is important. Now, I know, you know, and, and, and you know, and, and you might have kids that might have, you know, they might have their own laptops and things of that sort. So, you know, they, they you know, they, they, they just might, you know, have heard it earlier in the day. And that's fine. And I'm not saying that those things are wrong. But when I think about my nine kids that are still in this house. I'm going to make sure that they heard it. Did you guys hear it? But then sometimes I don't even have to make sure because I know that they have. Because the expectation has already been set. So when I go back and I look at Cornelius, he knew the word of God was coming. And he called together kinsmen and near friends to hear the word of God. And that did something for me. Because what it shows is that, first of all, Cornelius didn't have a Holy Ghost chat, but he was devout. He feared God, prayed always, gave much alms unto the people. He wanted to hear God's word. So as we are in our homes hearing God's word I'm looking for him to help me I'm looking for him to teach me and to show me his way but the expectation is going to be set it's just it's 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 a confidence that we have in God. It's a confidence that we have in God that's in each other. We know how valuable the word is. There's no way in the world because God has taught us and because He has showed us and because we have the Holy Ghost that I have. A house full of kids. And the word is going forth. And I have access to it. And I have access to it. And I'm not going to invite them in. That I'm not going to call them in. And I'm going to pick on Danae. She already know. Because you have the Holy Ghost. And you've been taught. And you know how valuable the word is. So I shouldn't have to tell you that you need to hear it. You know I need to hear it. The word is gone out. So even in our own homes, even when we're hearing the word, I mean, it's just the setup might be different. But I still understand it's his word. I still understand that I need it. I still understand that I need to hear it. I still understand that I have people in my home that I need to call, that I need to invite to hear God's word. What's been on my mind so much, and it's just that's why you think about just the word, you know. Um, what's been on my mind as of late is, is just getting more word out there. Because when I think back of what the word did for us, 
we were having services three days a week. Then we went to two days a week. And and God was blessing us and he was helping us and he was showing us and, and, and teaching us. And I want that same level of knowledge to be in Danae. I want that same level of knowledge to be in Jamie. But I know that they have to hear it. But at the same time, they also have to be in the word. We have to read it. We have to take time to read God's word and get familiar with the scriptures of God. Yes, you know, we have pastors and yes, we have teachers, but we got to do some labor. We have to do some work on the side because we have access. We are in a time where the word of God isn't at our disposal, at, 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 at our disposal. It's here. It's right in front of us in books. It's on laptops. It's on computers. It's on cell phones. It's on the Internet. It's there for us to have readily, freely to learn more about God. But I'm thinking some things on the back end. You know, I've been talking with brother, with brother Stephen about just some things, even during our service, just to put more words, to put more truth out there, because sometimes it's just hearing it because we have the Holy Ghost. So I know when I hear the word, it's going to do something. It's going to show me. It's going to help me. So even once again, we look at Cornelius in Acts chapter 10 and we see how he invited his kinsmen and their friends. That speaks something to me that 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 spoke to me. That showed me something wasn't selfish when it came to just hearing the word all for himself, all for me. No, there's other people. I have friends. I have family, people that I know that needs to hear the word of God, too. But man, when we look at our own homes, that's the first place where we should be calling. That's the first place where we should be inviting. That's the first place. Because they're right in our area of influence, our children, our sons, our daughters. The word of God is everything. The word of God, we need it. We need it. Not just the pastor. Not just the guy or the gal. We need it. We all, we need the word. And we think about, you know, just just the example that we set forth in every area of our life. We are saints of the most high God. He's blessed us. He's helped us. He's given us everything that we need. But his word, his word is important. And we're in a place. I'm in a place. You're in a place. If there's anything that needs to be changed, God, correct me through the word. Anything, I'm ready, I'm willing, because I want to be, I want to be like him. Our judgment, perfectly joined together, same judgment. It's just our judgment should be the same. When we look at what Cornelius did, there shouldn't be not one saint that should, that should say, oh man, I don't need the word. Uh-uh. We should have the same judgment, the same judgment. I need to work. We have, we should have the same judgment that no matter what comes in our life, no matter what test, no matter what trial, no matter what sickness, there still is a press in us to hear God's word and whatever 
I need to do, whatever I can do to hear God's word, I want to do it. Whatever adjustments that I have to make to hear God's word, I want to do it whether I'm physically there or not. Whatever adjustments that I have to make to hear God's word, I want to do it because it's everything. I mean, I could be in the hospital. I mean, cell phones are still available for the most part, unless I'm just not going through something extremely serious. Which means to tell me that I can't, hey, nurse, can I, can you pass me the phone? You going to tell me that I'm going through a tribulation, a persecution, or affliction, or just whatever the case may be. Hey, I just need to hear it. Even if I'm physically unable to, 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 to get the phone or pick up the phone myself, hey, if I got somebody in the house that can do it for me, help me. Help me. It's just the press. So we can sit here and say, I can sit here and say, we should be able to sit here and say, the same press that I put toward everything else, I'm going to put toward God in his way. You bet, you best believe that. I'm going to put it toward God in his way and more. It wouldn't be on the same level. Because there's things in the world that I can live without. There's things in the world that I don't have to participate in. There's places I don't have to go. There's things I don't have to do. There's events. So what? There's occasions. So what? But when it comes to God, I got to be there. When it comes to God, my mind, my heart, if I physically can't, my spirit will. I'm pressing. I'm pressing. It has to be oppressed through everything that we go through. I would have it, I would have it, I would have expected nothing less. When Stephen said double mass and he was still thinking about coming, that's where my mind was. I know what he was saying. And we aren't doing things to prove things to each other. This thing is individual. This thing is individual. And once again, same judgment. So if I didn't have that mindset that that Stephen had, where where we are and where we should be, I'm looking at myself, man, gosh, should I be thinking that way? Man, should I be thinking that way? When you know that somebody's thinking about something that you aren't thinking about, that somebody's mind is a place where your mind isn't, and you know they have the Holy Ghost and you know they've been born again and you know that they're being led by God. Don't you think, at least I know that I will, don't you think that we're going to sit back and say, hey, shouldn't my mind be like that? Why? Because, uh, because we are bought in to the fact that we should be perfectly joined together. So I know that our mind should be the same. I know that our heart should be the same. Our spirit should be the same. Same judgment. Same judgment. My mind should be there. There's nothing that I said today thus far that we should say, man, hold on now. Is that? No, because what I'm saying can be backed up and supported by the word. It's the word. 
the influence is the word. God, he's a jealous God. He is. You think, okay, I don't take his way seriously. I don't esteem his way, but I esteem all these other things. There are scriptures that God has showed us that just, it cuts. What? We gonna follow? Well, don't you know so that man don't have a place to lay his head? Hey, hey, can I go, you know, bid farewell to my family first? There's scriptures that God has showed us. Let the dead bear the dead. There's scriptures that God has showed us. That he shows us it's me. It's all about me. And so once again, we're going to experience things. We're going to go through things. But none of those things, none of those things should ever show itself to be more important to us than God. It shouldn't. Once again, the technology that God has placed in our hands. Now, once again, we don't take advantage of technology. I'm not abusing it. I'm not using technology to not come to church <laughs> because I see that they came together. I see that they assemble and we can't forget God still uses people. So shame on us. If we ever got to that state, we thank the Lord for technology, but I'm not abusing it. I might be using the world, but I'm not going to abuse it. I don't want to abuse it because the word still shows me what I need to do. So although there's times where it's handy, there's times where you know, I can use it, but this is not the replacement. I'm still assembling. This is not the replacement, but this is just when there's times when I physically can't be. God, I thank the Lord for being alive in 2022, where I can still get the word, where I can still hear it, so I can be who he wants me to be. So with this COVID thing, I mean, we don't know, like I, like I, like I, like I said, I can see you being around for a long time. So we may got to get more, more savvy with our technology and it's okay. And we will do that. We are going to be safe. Yes, we will. I mean, it's good to know that once again, life happens. There may be, a, there, there might be a time where I can't physically be at church, but I still can hear the word. I can still grow. I can still grow. I can still be mature. But once again, my ear stands, st is still staying so close because God, if there's a better way, even in 2022, you show us. If there's a better way, God, you just show us. And we will be happy and glad to make the change. All right. So let's go into the scriptures for a little bit. We thank the Lord just for the word. Once again, just for everything that he does for us. Um, he's a good God. He's a great God. Um, I, I thank him just for this life. I thank him just for his way. I thank him for just exhortation. I thank him just for giving us just a mind to expound. 
just on his word. And we're going to go on to, and we're going to go to the scriptures for a little bit and just let the word, <clears throat> excuse me, just speak to us and just to help us because we do, we, we sing the song, let the word do the word. And we want the word to do the work. Going back to even last Sunday, the house of Chloe. And I know we harp on these scriptures a lot, but it's just, we thank the Lord just for just the word. The house of Chloe, there was contentions. Contention in the Corinthian church in the house of Chloe, they declared unto Paul what was going on. Um, and once again, you just see the mindset of the house of Chloe. Something was wrong. And they gave the information to somebody who could handle it. To somebody who could do something about it. And so when we look at our own selves and, and, and where we, we have to put, put the spotlight on us because this is a real life. This is a real walk. There have been people who profess to be saved, but, but really aren't saved. They profess to have the Holy Ghost, but don't live the life that's in agreement with God's word. There's some people who profess to be saved, but they live and they, they, they live after the flesh. They still, those desires of the flesh is just still, still, still there. But when we, when we belong to Christ, we've crucified the flesh with the affections and the lusts. And so when you look at the house of Chloe, and by no means saying that the house of Chloe felt that the Corinthians weren't saved, but there were some things that was going on that shouldn't be. And the house of Chloe called those things out. And so when, when, when we think of just our little flock, and I say this because it's in my heart to say it. And it's right. And no matter if we're in a place where we need to use, no matter where, no matter if we're in a place where we need to use something like this or not, it's still good to understand the mindset that we have. If something is wrong, we cannot be afraid to call it out. Can't. Can't. So if we were back in the early church, if as a husband, I wasn't acting right, I wasn't doing right. I wasn't doing the word or, or just some things. It wouldn't be wrong for my wife to go talk to the, to tell the apostle. I mean, look at what the house of Chloe did. Now, it wouldn't be wrong neither if conversations were happening in the house. But once again, I mean, if and vice versa, if there were some things that wasn't right. I mean, it's just, you know, some things that shouldn't be, you know, I'm not going to say that I wouldn't go talk to the apostle. 
And so I, I say that not that there's things that's going on, but we still need to see the word and we still need to know the word. We just can't gloss over stuff. I mean, if you say that you're saved, I'm expecting certain things. There's expectation that I have for my wife and she has for me. There's expectations that Danae should have for her parents and that as parents, we have for Danae. There's some expectations that our children should have for us because they hear the word of God too, the ones that aren't, that aren't saved. It goes to even Stephen and Sharonda. It's the same thing. There's expectations on both ends because we got the Holy Ghost. Sister Kim, there's expectations. Sissy, Jamie, there's expectations. There's expectations that I have of you and that you have of me because we belong to God. We know that God will correct. We know us if there's things that's not right. We know that there should be a patient continuance in well-doing. As saints, we understand that there should be a continuing in the things in which we, we've heard. And we understand that through the word. So, don't want us to uh, misinterpret what's being said. Not saying that anything is wrong, but if it is, if there's something that we're seeing, what did the house of Chloe do? They went to the apostle. I'm not just glossing over it. It, it means something. Because I'm sure we've seen people who drew back into perdition we know that some people, we know some people draw back. Some people backslide. That's not the expectation in our lives, in my life, in your life. But we know that things happen. And we know the word is what fixes it. So we can't be afraid. We can't be embarrassed to call things out if we need to. And just glossing over, oh, well, that don't matter because that's just so-and-so. Uh-uh. We have to be who God wants us to be. We have to be his word. We have to be what he shows us. I thank the Lord for the word. Because it, it just helps us. It keeps us grounded. To settle. But also, I still want to continue to grow. I still want to continue to increase <clears throat> just in him. And so that's what we need. And that's why the word is so important. That's why, man, if I physically, if I physically can't be in the house, it's good to know that I still got ways that the word can get to me. That I still can be everything. But it's just, 
It's just that desire that we have to have to hear his word. The word ain't boring. The word ain't boring. The word is good. The word is good. Not boring. The word is good. In Acts chapter 20, verse 9, it says, And there sat in a window a certain young man named Eutychus. And we don't have to go there right now. I just want to kind of talk about it. And there sat in a window a certain young man named Eutychus, being fallen into a deep sleep. And as Paul was long preaching, he sunk down with sleep and fell down from the third loft and was taken up dead. And when we look at this, this situation, this young man, I mean, he went into a deep sleep. And, and Paul was long preaching. Long preaching. And when we think about how long he was preaching, you go back to verse 7, it says that upon the first day of the week, when the, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. And there were many lights in the upper chamber where they were gathered together, and there sat in a window, a certain young man. So this young man, being fallen, he went into a deep sleep. And as Paul, once again, was long preaching. So, so Paul was preaching long. I wonder what our definition of preaching long is. Because he, he was long preaching. But when you see, once again, even in verse seven, it says, once again, and upon the first day of the week, when when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow and continued his speech until midnight. So, I mean, I don't know how long Paul had been preaching. Um, when this man had, um, went to sleep, but some people might, might say, well, man, it's okay to sleep in church, man. He just preaching a long time. All right. Okay. I can see how people can try to swing that, but my rebuttal would be this. My rebuttal to that would be, do you watch sports? Um, do you play activities? Do you play board games? Um, God is wise. But during this time, the word needed to go forth. So Paul wasn't wrong for what he did. So there might be times where we might preach wrong. But when people try to justify them nodding off or them going to sleep in, in church, <laughs> I would have some questions. Because this is where it gets good. 
Because when I look at my own life, the time that I'm in church, I'm going to just say just hearing the word. I mean, we hear the word, what, on average, maybe 40 minutes, 45, sometimes an hour. Sometimes an hour. I might watch a sports game longer than an hour. And don't nod off. Especially if it's a good one. So if I can sit back and watch a sports game or watch something on TV for longer than an hour and I don't, man, I don't, man, I'm not fatigued. This is good. So what? So what I, I, I get into the house and the and then and then what? Now I just not off? I'm into the word. I love the word. See, those are the those are the things too that we have to see. Because if I can't stay up, I'm just saying if I if I'm if I'm getting sleepy in church, I'm great. Those off, I'm dozing off. I mean, am I staying up too late Saturday night? Am I am I, am I not getting the proper rest that I need? Now, Paul, he he was long preaching. Yeah. Okay. Get it. But I never use this as an excuse. Why? I'm asleep in church. And I can do other things. For the same amount of time. With focus. His word is everything. This helps me. Because I'm going to tell you, the world and the things of this world is not going to get the better of me. Because if I can do it for these kind of things, much more for the Lord. God's word is good. Just want to throw that little gold nugget in there. So. All right, Second Peter. Let's go to Second Peter, Chapter One. Second Peter, Chapter One. Just gonna let the word just speak to us. We thank him so much as for just his word. His word is everything, and. You know, just once again, and when you think of, you know, younger saints and you think about where we are as full age and mature saints, it's the word that gets us there. And so I want saints, I want even our younger saints to be able to hear the same word that we heard that got us to where we are today, because if it wasn't for the word, I wouldn't be who I am today. So when we look at younger saints i'm not going to expect them to maybe do the things that i would do now when it comes to the word that we hear yes but if they haven't heard the word then there's certain things that may not even be in their spirit 
But once again, that's why it's good when, when they have parents or just brothers and sisters in Christ that are in places that they are getting to or that, that they are, that they are reaching toward or that they are growing toward to be able to help them and, and educate them along the way. So first Peter, I'm sorry, second Peter, um, chapter one, verse five. And Peter says, and beside this, he says, giving all diligence. And this word giving in the Greek, uh, it means to add. It says, and beside this, giving all diligence. And diligence is just speed, eagerness, earnestness. It says, add to your faith virtue. So we have to add to our faith. So we have faith. So faith is persuasion, uh, you know, moral conviction. Um, when it comes to religious truths or the truthfulness of God, um, we have faith, persuasion when it comes to God. We have faith in God. So we have to add to this faith. And it says, add to your faith virtue. And virtue is excellence. I want to be excellent. I, I want virtue. I want a moral excellence. It says, and to virtue, knowledge. Knowledge means knowing. It means the knowledge of God, such as is offered in the gospel. General knowledge of the Christian religion. The deeper, more perfect and enlarged knowledge of this religion, such as belongs to the more advanced especially of things lawful and unlawful for Christians. This is knowledge. So I want to have the knowledge of God that's revealed in the Gospels. I want to understand what's lawful and unlawful for us to do as saints. I want to have some knowing. I got to get in the word. If I get in a word, I'm going to know some things. If I hear God's word, I'm going to get some knowledge of God. So we have to add to that virtue knowledge, some knowing. I'm going to get in the word. I'm going to hear the word. Because there's some knowing that I, has, that I have to have. There's some knowledge of God. Once again, knowledge such as is offered in the gospel. So when I look in the gospel, hear the, hear the, hear the gospel, I'm hearing some things. I'm knowing some things about God. I want some knowledge. I want some knowing of God. I want to know what's lawful. I want to know what's unlawful. I want to know the good. I want to know the bad. Got to get some knowledge and we have to add knowledge. It says in verse six and add to knowledge temperance. Which is self-control. I, I got to have some self-control. It says and to temperance patience. And patience is cheerful or hopeful endurance. It's constancy. Steadfastness, 
patience characteristic of a man who is unswerved from his deliberate purpose and his loyalty to faith and piety by even the greatest trials and sufferings. So when you have patience, it don't matter what the suffering is. It don't matter what the tribulation is. We can be steadfast. I'm not going to be unswerved. Or I'm not going to be swerved, sorry. From my duty. I'm not going to stray away from my loyalty to God, to my faithfulness. We have to be saints that can keep on marching on. I like how it says in the definition, even when it comes to the greatest trials and sufferings. Now, we look at our lives and we've gone through things. And I look at my life, things that I've suffered, things that I've gone through. It can be greater. It can be greater. And God shows us no matter what goes on in your life. No matter what test, no matter what trial, no matter what tribulation. We shouldn't be swerved. Shouldn't get off course. Shouldn't get off track. Now, the devil's going to try to push us off track, but we can stay on track. So patience, we have to add patience, steadfastness, constancy. I'm going to continue to do his word despite what's going on in my life. Despite the suffering, this, this, despite I'm going to endure hardness as a good soldier. Because things sometimes, I mean, you're going to have some hardness, some hardships. But we have to press on. Not because of mommy and not because of daddy and not because of my brother or sister in Christ. It's because I want to be saved. It's because of God. So we got to have some patience. We have to add these things. It says, and to patience, godliness. And godliness is piety, is dutifulness, and reverence. It's something how we have to add godliness on. So if people think, well, I get the Holy Ghost. Well, there's, there is all the godliness. No, we have to add it. Look at your reverence. Dutifulness. I'm all about duty. The whole duty of man is what? To fear God and to keep his commandments. That's the whole duty. It's all about duty. That's where godliness comes in. It's reverence. It's dutifulness toward God. I'm doing his work. I've added that on. I've added it. Godliness, that's where it's at. We have to add it. It says, and to godliness, brotherly kindness. And brotherly kindness is fraternal affection. The love which Christians cherish for each other as brethren. 
there is a kindness that we should have because of our relationship in Christ. We are brothers and sisters. We are family. Something how it, it seems like at times that for, for some people that they put more trust and faith in people who don't have the Holy Ghost than they do in them that do. You ever felt that you aren't really trusted? That people may not really, you know, it's, 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 it's just that, 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 that they're more attached to people who aren't saved versus them that are. But there's a brotherly kindness. There's a fraternal affection that we should have for our brother and for our sister. Fraternal affection. It's a love that we have toward each other as brothers and sisters in this life. And then it says, and to brotherly kindness, charity, which we covered charity in First Corinthians. It's, it's love, it's benevolence, but it's much more than, than that. I mean, you're going to suffer long. It's just... I mean, it's kind, you know, it, 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 it's, 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 it's charity isn't just, as you might say, just, just given to the poor. It's also a part of our life. It's a part of our lifestyle. These are things that we have to add. Charity, affection, benevolence. And Peter says, he says, for if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye should neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So going back to verse five, it says, and beside this, giving all diligence, let's add to your faith, virtue. So these are things that we have to add as saints and we have to be serious about these things because the word says it. So we have to add virtue and to virtue knowledge and to knowledge temperance and to temperance patience and to patience godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness charity. Verse 8 says, For if these things be in you and abound, so they have to be in us. We have to add them. If these things be in you. For if these things be in you and abound. Abound means to increase. It means to super abound. So if they abound. If they increase. If they be in large amounts running over. For if these things be in you and abound, so once again, we, God has taught us to listen to his word, to hear his word. I don't want these things just to be in me. I want them to abound. I want them to abound. It says they make you 
So these things make us. So is it important to add these things? Yes. It says they make you that ye shall neither be barren. Barren means inactive, lazy, useless. It means shunning the labor which one ought to perform. So if these things be in me and abound, they make me that I will neither be barren, so I won't be barren, nor unfruitful. Unfruitful means just not yielding what it ought to yield. So you aren't really producing. Just you're unfruitful. So I want to take my time and just get this in our spirit. These things, for these things be in you and abound, two part, in you and abound. They make you, these things make us that we, that ye, shall neither be barren, so I won't be barren, nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And knowledge in this verse, it goes into recognition, full, de full discernment. It says, we won't be unfruitful. We won't be barren in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, and not going too deep because there's more that we're going to get and that I want God to show us out of this. But what I want us to see is that these things are important for us to add. First, because Peter said it. So if I want my life to be what God is calling for, I'm going to have to add these things. I have to add godly. It's about obedience. These things should be in our life. I got to have virtue. But once again, these things, if they're in us and abound, they make you. They, they make you. These things do something for us. They make us. That ye should neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And verse 9 says, but he that lacketh these things, so if we lack these things, is blind. So if I lack these things, I'm blind and cannot see afar off and have forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Let's let the word speak to us. So if I don't have these things, if I lack these things, but he that lacketh these things is blind. So if you don't have these things, then you are blind and you can off and have forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. That's not a place that I want to be in. I don't want to be in a place where I'm blind and I can't see it far off 
and I've forgotten that I was once purged from my old sins. But if I lack these things, that's my state. Verse 10 says, wherefore the rather brethren give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you, for if ye do these things, ye should never fall. I don't want to fall. I'm not looking to fall. We should always want to be saved. We should always want to be everything that God wants us to be. I don't want to fall. These things have to be in us. These things have to abound. And they'll make me that I would neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We got to add them. Just keep it simple. Add it. Add the godliness. Add the virtue. Add it. Because they make us I don't want to be barren. I don't want to be unfruitful. But we got to add these things. And they got to be in us. And they have to abound. And if we do these things, she'll never fall. Wherefore the rather brethren give diligence Diligence is you speed to make effort. Give diligence to make your call. Give diligence. It, it, it takes effort. It's just, I don't want to be a saint that when the word comes, I'm not diligent. It's effort. It's speed. It's promptness. I want to do it his way when God say do it. It says give diligence to make your calling. Make our calling. Our invitation. Our election. Which means selection. Make it sure. Make it stable. Jesus. Make your calling. An election, sure. Sure. Stable. Make your calling. Make it stable. He invited us. He called us. Your selection. Your election. He selected us. Make it sure. Stable. Don't want to live a life. Where we see unstableness. I don't want to live a life. Where it looks like that I'm going to leave out the door. 
I don't want to live a life where I'm almost giving up on God. Stable. Make it sure. We have to do that. We have to do that. Verse 11, it says, For so an entrance unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For so an entrance. Saints, this way is real. It's always been real. We got to be everything that God is calling for. Make your calling an election. That's in my spirit. Make it sure. My election is stable. We thank the Lord for everything he does for us, just for his wages, for his word, for how he speaks to us, for how he helps us. Praying for our children. Praying for our loved ones. The Holy Ghost is real. Get saved. We're aging. We're not getting no younger. We're getting older. All of us. It's all about seeing him. Repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's all about him. Salvation. It's all about him. I want to be saved. I want to be forgiven of my sins. I want to be cleansed. I want to be watched. Asking for the Holy Ghost if you want it. If you don't want to go to hell, you want to be saved. Asking for the Holy Ghost. Asking. He'll do it. He'll give it to you, but you have to ask him. It's still true. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saints, I thank the Lord for God's word. I thank you for his way. Continue to pray for us. Each other. Pray for me.